Greetings! If you are just tuning in, you are listening to KSKQ, Ashland's Community Radio. And the program that you are currently listening to is Dream Infringement. That's right. Dream Infringement is a super squad of three friends, Bobby, Emily, and Jennifer. Three friends who discovered a mutual love for community radio and decided to create a program called Dream Infringement. Dream Infringement is a show where we pick a weekly theme and we produce stories and curate a playlist based on that very weekly theme. And this week's theme is, well, I probably shouldn't just tell you about it. There's a better way of introducing this week's theme. And that better way is in song. Here is Emily's very own, very own song that she produced to introduce this week's theme. Catching up with dream infringement. We just thought you'd like to know what Emily, Bobby, and Jennifer up to when we're not in the studio. So stick around for some cool stories and we'll play some cool songs too. We promise that you won't regret it. Stay tuned in to KSKQ. That's right. You heard it through song that this week's theme is catching up with us and I spent the last hour and a half producing that. Put my heart and soul into it. Time well spent, Emily. Time well spent. I could have been doing the actual show. No. I I got it in my head that that we needed an intro song. Well, now we don't ever have to have an intro song when you're when you're catching up with us. When we have a theme where it's just catching up with Bobby, Emily, and Jennifer. Um, but that is correct. You're catching up with us. What have we been up to? What's been the deal with us? Yeah, we have different themes every week, but specifically we're talking about those themes. You don't really actually uh, get into the nitty gritty of what Bobby, Emily, and Jennifer are up to, what they've been up to, the shows they've been watching, the, the deep depressions that we've been going through with the beginning of winter, uh, the, the exciting experiences that we've had. Uh, there's highs, high highs, and low lows between the three of us, and you're going to hear about all of them, and uh, we're going to try to make it entertaining uh, so that you come away uh, just a little closer to dream infringement and a better person for it. So is there anything else that we should prepare the listeners for, Emily? I mean, prepare for anything, really. Yeah, when it comes to dream infringement, just buckle up and enjoy the ride. Yeah, pull the lap bar down, uh, make sure that you're also buckled. And as Samuel L. Jackson says in the early 90s science fiction movie, Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. Definitely, definitely hold on to your butts. I don't know how to, I don't know how to follow that up. You don't have to. So without much further ado, here is the show. 
Jennifer here. I wanted to start off thanking everybody f who uh, listened and supported us during the pledge drive. It really means so much to us to be able to have this avenue to connect with people. We're really super grateful and we of course want to express that to, to you. We never forget that we're only here because we have listeners that make sure that happens and also how grateful we are to the other shows and the other producers who are working on the pledge drive simultaneously it's our collective effort that helps keep everything afloat and that's pretty cool and of course you don't have to pledge just when it's the pledge drive uh, <laughs> you can pledge any old time and so if you would like to do that there's a few ways you can call us at 541-482-3999 and arrange to make a pledge that way. Or you can go to our website at www.kskq.org. And if you're on the computer, there's a big purple Donate Now button that is on the right-hand side. And you can set up for a one-time donation or like a monthly thing if that is more your style. Yeah, but again, we just wanted to say thank you so very much for keeping us all in your lives, for turning that dial over to us. So we're just kind of checking in, like, hi, yes, of course, we're real people with real lives doing things, and we like to to share that this is us, this is what's going on, uh, as you would with friends, because we're friends that's what we do check in on each other tell each other our stuff um, so for me for the, the past few weeks I ha am recovering from a carpal tunnel surgery which is not a major surgery uh, but it's really inconvenient you can choose to be like totally knocked out or just to do like local anesthesia and I prefer to not be knocked out I've done like no research on it I just I feel like it's not good for my body to like go through that that many times because um, this is my fifth surgery in four years so since I had the option I went for local the nurses and the doctor they're really nice and they generally try and keep you a little bit distracted by just talking to you and asking you questions and that helps a lot because it is something you don't really want to focus on uh, then they yeah they they stitch you up and you have to keep your arm elevated best you can for about three days and then keep everything dry and just recover but it's just so inconvenient to really only be one-handed I had my uh, dominant hand done like two years ago and I was like wow this is really inconvenient I don't really want to go through this again and so I kept putting off getting the other hand done until I was working with like some furniture type projects and I could tell such a difference like my one hand I mean maybe it was a little sore from doing all this stuff but then my other hand was falling asleep it was hurting it was hard to move it things were like you know going numb during the day and I was like oh I've got to take care of this according to like what I've read is that if you have you know the nerve damage and you just let it progress and keep on going that 
the chances of it becoming permanent and affecting you even after the surgery are higher. And so it's better to take care of it uh, before it has a chance to, to do significant damage. And, um, and I had one friend that was like, why, how did you get carpal tunnel in both hands? And I was like, well, uh, 26 years of like office work, typing all day and having hobbies like crocheting, you know, just a lot of things where I was, you know, using my hands in a repetitive way and it, it happens. But luckily it's like, it's a pretty minor surgery. It's just inconvenient. Um, and then you can carry on with your life. I, they generally try to make the scar be in line with the lines already on your palm. And so you can't really see it after it's all healed. The scar is so minimal, um, unless like I pointed out, I don't think most people would even notice. Since I already had it done on one hand, I knew to prepare ahead to do a bunch of meals ahead of time. So I've had like frozen meals on hand. I cleaned what I could ahead of time and really weird, simple things like you should probably clip your toenails if you can't do it one handed or your cat's nails. Uh, if you can't do it one handed <laughs> things like that. I had another friend ask if like my cats could tell that I was like injured. And when I got home, I stayed just a few nights at my parents' house at first. They smelled it cause I smelled weird cause I had been in a strange place. I, th I feel like Theo maybe noticed because I had my stepfather bring him over a lot while I was like at their house. And so he, he'd hang out with me and run around and do his, his cat thing. He would try and make it a little bit easier for me by like jumping on things because he's really hard to deadlift. I don't know. I feel like he knew something was up, but it's been boring. <laughs> like I can't drive again yet. And so yeah, I've just been at home and it's just been like going a little stir crazy. That's like the big thing in my life at the moment. The song I'm gonna play is by Claude and it is called Go Home. Alright, so thank you for that, Jennifer. Now Emily and I are going to talk about some things that we've been experiencing lately that have reminded us that we are in fact in full swing grown up, uh, the grown up season of our life. Uh, there are some things that have really just like hit home when it comes to the reality that we are in fact in our mid 30s and we have children and we have the responsibilities of people who are in their mid-30s who have children and it's sobering why is it sobering emily because why is it sobering because i never i never thought i'd be here like i never thought of myself as an adult even though i have children and I take care of them quite well. I still think of myself as very childlike. And so it is sobering to do things that are um, adulty. 
Yeah, I can confirm that Emily takes care of our children quite well. Um, they're alive and well. Uh, they are healthy. Uh, they brush their teeth every night before bed and shower on a regular basis. Uh, those are important things when you have children. They take their vitamins. Uh, these are these are not the only responsibilities that we have as uh, grade A grown-ups, like grown-ups, people in full swing grown-up mode. Um, it's sobering for me because the other day I was talking to somebody, Emily was in this conversation and they asked how old we were and without even like skipping a beat, I started to say 20 something. I don't know where I was going with that, but it was just like, it was a reflex. It was like when the doctor takes that rubber hammer and bonks you on the knee and you're your leg kicks out like that's exactly what I was doing when this person asked me how old I was I went straight for the 20s um but I couldn't be further from 20 I have 20 20s have come and gone for me you could you could be further from 20 I I will never be further from 20 than even like just just mentally than I am right now um, but but apparently there's a part of me that's still mentally in their 20s. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I I feel I feel young and um, and there's something about 30s where I feel like there's a lot of self-discovery, a lot of things that I'm seeing about myself for the very first time uh, in my 20s. I felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants. Emily, you? Um, no, I didn't. I've never felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants. Um, but I do remember not thinking quite as much about how old I was when I was in my 20s. Like, it just did not matter to me at all. I wasn't worried about every year going by and getting older or what the younger kids are doing or if they think I'm lame um, because I was the younger generation and the younger one than me was like 10 and I didn't care what 10 year olds are doing. Now they're all 20 and I guess, you know, they're doing their 20 year old thing and I'm doing my 30 year old thing. And I think social media really wants to create a divide between the generations. And I just think that's a darn shame. Yeah. Yeah. Social media has definitely gotten in the way of of generations connecting with each other. Um, I agree with that, Emily. There's been some recent developments, though, that have definitely made us feel like grown-ups. Emily, would you like to take it from here? I would love to take it from here, Bobby. Um, we recently, well, I should start at the beginning. We're planning a road trip to Bobby's hometown of Tucson, Arizona, and in an effort to save money, I was thinking, like, where's the cheapest gas? The cheapest gas is at Costco, everyone. I think we all probably know that. And for the last, I don't know how many years, however long my parents have had a Costco membership, I've been just going with my mom. Um, and never got a membership of my own. Didn't think we needed one. And then I realized that the gas was cheaper and we're going on this road trip and it's sort of on a budget and I thought 
we should get a Costco membership. We should just do it and get that sweet, sweet Kirkland gasoline. And so we we did. We did it. We got Costco memberships and I felt very much it felt like a turning point in my adult life. Yeah, is uh is is the gasoline from Costco Kirkland brand gasoline? <laughs> you better believe it. I think I saw a Kirkland logo on the hot dog that I ate when I went there. They branded it into it. They did. Uh, Costco is interesting because it was. It's funny you made an observation, Emily, where you said that it is like the pure, unfiltered uh, image of consumerism. There's like nothing pretty about the inside of a Costco. There's no like, like soft lights or framings of things to make everything look like beautiful or create like a lifestyle that you would want to subscribe to when you buy the that pair of pants or that couch or when you you know get that rotisserie chicken like it, it, there's no there's no like advertisements that are designed to entice you it's like truly just just buying pellets, picking out items off of like pellets that are stacked on top of each other so that you can take them home and consume them or wear them or utilize them. Yes, I, I did say that. It struck me as like just the most out of body strange thing that here we are in this giant warehouse and it's like made to consume you know monetarily and uh physically because they have tons of food and it's like yeah there's nothing pretty about it they are not trying to pretend to be anything else um it is aesthetically overstimulating in every possible way um but you know we all ate lunch for like under 10 bucks. So that was cool. Yeah, it's a wild experience. Um, I felt like a grown up. I felt like a grown up getting my membership card and getting my picture taken. Uh, nothing makes you feel more like a grown up than getting a Costco membership. And, uh, and also the glee that we experienced when we realized we'd be getting like 13 cents off of every gallon that's what it's all about as grown-ups saving money on gas like that's what makes us happy it's unfortunate but nothing makes me as happy as like paying less for gas yeah you gotta spend money to save money too um i kind of felt like three kids in a trench coat when i was getting my Costco membership card and signing up and getting my picture taken like that scene from um, Little Rascals, like the 90s Little Rascals. Yes, exactly. Which does date us because, yes, we are millennials. And that was a big deal. The 90s Little Rascals. It had the Olsen twins before they were the Olsen twins that you know now. And and if you're in your 20s, you're like, the Olsen twins, who dat? Who dat? 
Like what, what's going on? These are references that you might not appreciate. Maybe you don't care about gas and saving 13 cents. Um, to which I say, enjoy it while you can. You are the, you are the future. And uh, before you actually become the future, um, as many spicy things as your stomach can handle, um, because there's going to be a point where your stomach's going to say, no, thank you. And that will be, as I mentioned at the beginning of the segment, sobering. Uh, in the words of Abraham Simpson, uh, actually, I'm not even going to quote it. I'm just going to play you the clip. To Dylan, that's called working out. You wouldn't understand that. You're not with it. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. On that note, let's play a song. Yes, let's. Also, can we be more millennial playing Simpsons clips? Oy vey. What song are we going to play, Emily? Um, let's play Float On by Modest Mouse. Yes, let's. Jennifer here. So I tend to hyperfixate on different hobbies or interests. And right now it's been finding cheaper free furniture and trying to fix it up and then putting it in the space I intended not liking that and then selling it. Uh, some of it I do keep, but a lot of it I end up not keeping. Um, it just, it can be hard with OCD because there are times where I just keep painting something over and over because it is not quite the right shade of green and I'll take precautions like you know get the sample paint and look at it in different colors and different lighting and because I don't particularly like painting something over but it's like sometimes it's just like hearing a, a beautiful piano piece with one really wrong note it's just jarring when it's not quite correct and then sometimes just my own skill level and that I'm not able to make things be perfect because I don't have all the tools to do so or the patience or the skill level. But I do get a lot of dopamine when I can fix something. Just, it's very satisfying. It's really gratifying to reinfuse value into something. And I often feel like I'm honoring the fact that like a tree died for this. And I don't like it when people treat them as a disposable thing. They're a resource. We should work with the stuff that we still have on hand before we make new stuff. And I think too, if I find something that's broken and scratched or wonky, really the only way to go is up. I literally can't make it worse or wreck it. And I feel like I'm more willing to take risks with something like that. I wish that I knew how to do like basic woodworking, but I'm really scared of power tools and I'm not great with precision. My mom is really good at working with wood 
things. And so I'll usually be like, hey, could you cut me like this size of something out of this piece of wood? Thank you. And she's been really nice about doing that. So thanks, mom. <laughs> and I don't know like what the next hyperfixation might be. Maybe I'll return to something that I've done in the past, though sometimes I'll look at like different creative videos of things that people make and I'm like felting that looks interesting or ooh, resin I've never done anything with resin so who knows maybe that'll be like in my future and like sort of the next thing I kind of pursue but for right now this is this is the thing and it's been fun a little hard because I'm one-handed recovering from uh, surgery so that's kind of slowed me down a bit but as that's healing up it'll be it'll be nice because I'll be able to use two hands again and the other one will be better than it was before so here's to healing and recovery I don't have a reason for playing this song I just happen to like it uh, this is Harry Styles with as it was listeners just want to say thank you so much for making an awesome uh, pledge drive week for us last week your donations are so meaningful to us they keep the station going they show us that you care uh, we just like really appreciate it and it doesn't have to stop uh, just because the pledge drive week is has come to an end, you can continue to donate. Like it doesn't just have to be during the week. So if you are still feeling the spirit of giving, you can call 541-482-3999 and leave a message and we'll get back to you. Um, or you can go to kskq.org and click the little donate button. Um, a really cool feature is that you can set it up to make like a monthly payment. So maybe you want to do five or ten dollars a month. That would be so so helpful to us at KSKQ, your local community radio station. Um, this brings me to the next bit of uh what i had to talk about uh with catching up with us and that was last week while i was editing the show let a bug land on my hand and it was small and it was black and then i put my finger gently on top of it to try to assess what kind of bug it was and it suddenly was gone. And then I panicked because I didn't know what kind of bug it was. Part of me was afraid it was a flea. So I started Googling fleas. What do fleas look like? It could have been a flea, I suppose. Um, then I started panicking and I was like checking the cats. They did not like that. Uh, I was checking their bellies, their necks their kitty kitty pits and 
all the places that fleas might like to go. I did not find any fleas. I took the bed apart. I did not find any other bugs. I took a flashlight all over the bed and the bedroom area and did not find any bugs. I looked in the cat tree and I did not find any bugs. So it was a mystery, but it, it really bothered me. And then the next day, there was a spider on the wall, a giant spider. And I'm sorry, I I killed it. I'll just tell you right now, I did kill it. Um, but it was our cat was looking like this sounds so boring, but I I'm I'm getting to something. I'm sure there are people who are at the end of their edge of their seat. Not the end of their rope. Like, that's it. I'm sick of the bug stories. Well, you know what? Me too. But this was my life last week. So my cat was staring at this giant spider on the wall. And I kind of was like, well, he'll take care of it. He did not. He whacked at it. And then I saw the spider fall. So then I was like, great. Now I have to take care of it. And so I pulled the chair out. I pulled all the blankets that were behind the chair out. And I did, in fact, find the spider. And I got my biggest shoe. And the spider would not die. And I am I know there's like a whole subreddit of people who, who love spiders. They call themselves spider bros. And I, I wish I could be like that, but I can't because they're in my house and it freaks me out. So I, I kept like smashing at it and smashing at it. And the cats were like going nuts and they're like watching me. They're all freaked out. And I finally got it. And, um, and then they were acting like, oh, there's spiders everywhere. And then I felt like there were spiders everywhere. And I was just kind of upset with the universe for like continuing to put bugs in my space because I just I'm not a bug person. All right, Bobby, you want to help me out with the next the next level of uh, bug and insects that the universe was placing before me? I gavalt. Yes, I do. All right. So we're driving uh, on the freeway. Headed to who knows various errands that a family, you know, are headed to on a weekday, and uh, suddenly, uh, much to our chagrin, Emily spots in the corner of the dashboard where the dashboard meets the windshield. You know that little like crevice there that is impossible to like, you know, get your finger into or whatever um that little crevice she spots a wasp and it was huge it was a big big honking wasp yeah it was like the last thing you want to see while you are while you are hurling your hurling yourself across the freeway with all the windows up in the middle of the day, it's the last with a fam with a car full of family members, your loved ones, your close the people who are closest to you that you have sworn to protect. Okay, a wasp in this vessel, uh, and there's nowhere. What do you do? You pull over to the side of the freeway, put yourself in even more danger. Fortunately, there was a an exit on the freeway coming up. 
And we had to talk our children through the entire situation because of traumatizing wasp experiences that they've had, uh, not just getting stung by wa a wasp, but actually being attacked by a swarm of wasps in a homeschool club meeting at the park. That is something historically that our sons have literally have PTSD over. And so now this the, the very thing that they are that they have great fear over is inside our car. So we had to like talk them through it. Um, we're getting off on the freeway. Daddy's gonna pull over on the side of the road. As soon as I pull over and the car is stopped, that's when you all unbuckle yourselves and you jump out. And like clockwork. Everybody, as swift as anything, hopped out of the car when it was pulled over. What was more disturbing is the closer we got to being parked, the closer we got to the point in which we could exit the vehicle, that wasp started, like, moving. It's like, its stinger started, like, like moving. And it was, it was so disturbing. And... I just, um, I question their existence. Why? Why do wasps have to exist? What good do they do? And you could argue to me that they are nature's garbage disposal. They, they help us in some specific way. I believe they are pollinators. That's great. But so are a lot of butterflies are pollinators too. Are you telling me that, that wasps, like they, they, are they working twice as hard as as butterflies? Are they doing more than butterflies? Can we just like can we double the butterfly population and eliminate wasps? And like why are they always so ticked off? Like I know people are like, "Oh, they won't hurt you until you hurt them or swat at them." No. They they're like mad all the time they're questioning their existence they're like why do i exist i hate i hate my existence and i'm gonna make sure everybody knows it i think they i think they're just they they know why they exist and they maybe they have a chip on their shoulder about it and so they're just going around they're like i'm gonna sting you as many times as i want yeah, they don't die after they sting you. They can just like do it over and over and over. Somehow they they get more powerful from it. I don't know. But if you're a wasp sympathizer, um, I challenge you to duel. No, no, to message us on Instagram or Facebook, and you tell us why it is beneficial to the entire ecosystem that wasps exist. I would like to hear from you. I'm sure I can Google it, yeah, but that's not going to convince me. Google the internet, any message board that I might find. I don't want to hear from them. I want to hear from like a person who is specifically driven to express to us why they care about wasps and why wasps should exist. And I want to hear like a really sweet wasp story. I want to hear a wasp story that makes me go, "Aw, I that's my challenge." Yeah, you know those like those TikToks where people are like, "I found a uh, a baby bird and I raised it 
to maturity and then I let it go and they like document the whole thing and then they play like a bony ver song in the background or like oh yeah the dodo they are they're always doing those sweet animal stories yeah you would never hear I found a a wasp larva and say and I I raised it to maturity and it just it 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 cared so much about me because I imprinted on it. That wasp, as soon as it's able to sting, it's going to like get you over and over and over again and be angry and then like fly away and you'll never see it again. It's like it's like a an un unhinged child that resents you and could care less that you exist. Okay, so that's our rant about wasps and why we hate them. Also, just like some, they're just were those three bugs that just felt like they were placed before me. Like, here you go. Let's shake things up for Emily a little bit. Show her some stuff she doesn't want to see. Yeah, and, and don't get us wrong, we don't hate bugs. Like, our sons love rolling over logs at the park and inspecting, like, all the little critters that run around. Like, we we care about tiny insects. We we think that it's really cool when our sons, like, show that kind of curiosity, and we encourage them to, like, be curious about all types of bugs. I just have a problem with bugs that won't leave me alone when I'm trying to eat a sandwich at the park and like are angry and I don't know, have it out for me. I agreed. <laughs> All right, let's um let's play a song, Bobby. Yeah. How about Heroes by David Bowie? Let's do it. That was David Bowie with Heroes. Well, folks, the time has arrived where we must say goodbye. We're so glad that we got to catch up with all of you and let you know a little bit about what has been going on with me and Emily and Jennifer. Uh, it's It's been a lot that we've all been through in the last few years. Um, and so the conclusion that I have drawn as of late is that I want to be more present. I want to experience everything uh, as it happens uh, through a pandemic and through a lot of uh, just difficulties uh, culturally that we've all experienced. Um, we all are kind of exiting a stage on the world scene uh, that we experienced uh, together uh, as a as a greater community within this world and uh, I feel like we learned a lot about ourselves and so I find myself at a point in my life um, a point of self-discovery of uh, self-awareness in a way that I don't think I've ever really experienced before. And I'm grateful for that because I've learned a lot about myself and about other people and human nature and really about what's most important. And what's most important is the people that we love. What's most important are 
is having the basic necessities, food and shelter, and being treated with kindness and respect and, and treating others with kindness and respect. It's really all that matters when it comes down to it. Well, we're so glad that you joined us and we would like to uh, thank you again for listening and for tuning in to KSKQ, Ashland's very own community radio. Stay tuned for more fantastic KSKQ content. We're going to play you out with a song, and that song is by The Strokes, and it's called Someday. This is Bobby with Dream Infringement, signing off.